Today's podcast sponsor is MailStore. MailStore is the email archiving software for Microsoft Office 365 and Exchange that enables you to automatically prune the mailbox sizes of your users, keep a perfect copy in case of accidental deletion or malware attack, and it's also great for compliance such as GDPR. Available for servers or as a multi-tenant service provider edition version that you can host yourself as an MSP, head on over to mailstore.co.uk forward slash tubtalk for an incredible introductory offer just for tubtalk listeners and for a free 30-day trial. You're listening to Tub Talk, the podcast for IT business owners with our featured conversation with Richard Tubb and Daniel Welling of Welling MSP. My name is Jeff Nicholson and this podcast is all about helping you grow your IT business. In this episode, Richard talks with Daniel Welling, having started out in IT sales in 1995 before running his own business, Daniel works with MSPs to add value through mentorship and consulting. You'll hear about how Daniel built and sold his MSP business, why his recruitment firm isn't like the usual agencies companies deal with, and why using a third party can help MSPs find the right employees. This episode was recorded between Richard at home in Newcastle-Pontine and Daniel in his office in Marlow. And now, without further ado, here's Richard Tubb talking with Daniel Welling. Hi, folks. Richard Tubb here with another interview, and I'm joined today by Daniel Welling of Welling MSP, who are a specialist recruiter for the managed service provider, value-added reseller, and IT support business community here in the UK. Now, Daniel himself is very familiar with the IT industry, having over 23 years commercial IT experience, including co-founding, developing, and selling his own MSP business. Daniel, welcome to Tub Talk. Hello. (laughs) <laughs> and where rats in the world do we find you today, Daniel? Uh, so I am in uh, not so sunny Marlow today, um, located uh, to the west of London uh, on the uh, on the River Thames. I'm, I'm sat here in the studio garage here in Newcastle upon Tyne. Um, so yeah, I've got the door closed. But let's jump straight in and let's start with your background. I've already alluded to the fact you've got a lot of experience in the IT industry, specifically with MSPs. Uh, how, what did your journey look like? Where did you come from? So uh, I guess by trade, I'm, I'm a salesperson. Um, my my first uh, sales role was in uh, 1995. Uh, the role was uh, selling uh, selling product um, uh, over the phone. Uh, I remember getting uh, getting orders. Um, uh, faxed across to me, and well, actually, faxing quotes. Uh, I remember my first um, my first email experience, um, and uh, yeah, it seems uh, seems like oh, all of twenty three years ago. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so um, so yes, yeah, started out selling IT uh, at the time for uh, what was uh, what was called a value added reseller, and that was uh, you know net, network servers, um, uh, Windows three eleven on the desktop fond memories looking back um and uh yeah so um uh, so made made some money doing that uh, as i think um as i think all of us involved in the industry at, at that time and and before did um and uh um always had uh, in my in my mind that i wanted to be a business owner um so um uh found the opportunity um 2002 to to start a business um uh 
at, at the time, not not on my own. Um, so uh, my next door neighbour, who was also a, a customer um, and uh, and a friend, um, was uh, was at a similar point in his uh, in his background, and um, uh, so he was an IT manager for uh, uh, for a company and. Uh, Together, we thought we had technical and sales, and uh, and that was what we needed to uh, uh, to found a found a business. So, um, yeah, that that's how we started um, uh, back in in two thousand and two. Um, we. Uh, Sold the business in 2014, and uh, that was a trade sale. Um, then after after that, um, after a, a break away from from IT, uh, I actually went back to work for uh, the acquirer. Um, held uh, held a couple of roles with them, um, uh, directorship, and uh, uh, eventually a consultancy role. And um, it was during that time that uh, that I actually. Uh, discovered uh, the MSP community, um, mm. which I'd I'd really not had any involvement with uh, um, whilst uh, whilst being a, an MSP business owner, um, and uh, only when I had the time uh, uh, did I did I discover the the community and um, uh, just realised the the sheer volume of MSPs in the market, um, and that got me to to thinking about how I could uh, how I could work. With the MSP market um, and uh, and what their needs were, what my needs were when I was running a business, and in fact, my time with uh, with the the acquirer as well. Um, so uh, so yeah, that that's that's really what's what's led me to uh, to where where I am today. Yeah, I want to talk specifically about uh, recruitment uh, going forward. This is going to be a hot topic for a lot of people listening to this. But there's a couple of things I want to pick up on just on on what you said about your experience there. Uh, First of all, I think there's going to be a number of listeners get a kick out of hearing mentions of netware and uh, fax machines. Do you know, I actually had somebody ask me um, whether I had a fax number the other day. Uh, You can guess what my response to that was. I was (laughs) like, no, it's not 1990. We don't use faxes anymore. Um, Yeah, but the second one and you know joking aside uh, you talked about you weren't aware of the uh, MSP community that's not unusual um, why do you think you know uh, an MSP and you grew a big MSP you know got it out there very very successful how can this whole community um, and the, there's a number of different communities I think you and I met at uh, was it a network group um, meeting it might have been at the time um, yes come to you um, yeah, how do you do you think the you know these bigger MSPs um, don't aren't able to become aware of the MSP community out there. Uh, I, I, I think it's a I think it's a time a time and, a, and an awareness um, uh, issue. If we if we pick time first of all, um, uh, unless it's um, uh, a customer meeting or um, recruiting someone or writing a proposal um, or closing a piece of business. Um, Everything else is secondary um, when you're at the coalface. Um, the thought of taking a day out of your schedule and going to a comp tier event, um, mixing with the competition, um, uh, giving away trade secrets, um, uh, uh, all of all of those, um, I guess, emotions uh, were were I think what was holding me back from from being involved in uh, in the community uh, before, um, and uh, uh, and then an awareness thing. Um, you know, I might. I might hear about an event 
but I'm busy. And then when I've got time or I'm not so busy, I've then forgotten about the event or that group. Um, so uh, I think just as um, as marketing experts would uh, would tell us, there's a uh, you know seven times for a, for a message to stick. Um, so. Um, CompTIA has probably been the biggest kept secret in the uh, in the marketplace. Um, uh, CompTIA need to need to have communicated to me seven times um, before I would uh, before I it would it would click for me um, that uh, that it was something I should be be investing investing my time in. Um, mm. So. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I think um, uh, I think it's a timing thing, and I think that's that's true of uh, of a lot of MSPs. They 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 start out in survival mode, um, and it's all about bringing the money in. Um, then there's a, a, an awareness that um, that the business needs to be built to operate without them being involved day to day, um, and. Uh, um, and I guess I guess it's it's part of the the evolvement of the of the business and uh, and the MSP owners' um, uh, perception of of what they should be spending their time on. Yeah, but clearly you've got value out of being involved in the MSP community since you've become aware of it. So I've seen you at an events, and you know you've picked up a lot of business with your with your current business out of that as well. What what would your message be to any MSPs who perhaps stumbling across this podcast or listening uh, have never been to any events like CompTIA or Network Group or any of the user groups? What would your message to them be now, knowing what you know? Uh, yeah, get get out there and uh, and invest the time. Um, uh, j- just the same as you would go uh, networking, prospecting for um, professional connections that you you would hope would lead to you know new customers or, or new opportunities. There, um, uh, do, do do the same within within the industry. Um, uh, like like all of these things, so you know there's a there's a balance that has to be has to be applied. So um, maybe set yourself a KPI of doing three events a year um, in, in your first year. And, uh, uh, you know, there are free CompTIA events, uh, um, meetings that, that you could go to. So you could go to one CompTIA event. You could go to uh, the the event that is um, uh, in September, the Manage Service uh, Hosting or Hosting Service mm-hmm. uh, Summit in central London. Um, uh, and, um, uh, and I think that the key thing about going to those events is not only will other MSPs be in the room that uh, you'll, you'll find a lot more approachable than, than you imagine they might be, um, uh, but you'll also find um, uh, a concentration of the, of the vendors. It's difficult to keep abreast of, of the market. Um, thankfully, uh, we have um, uh, some, some great content that, that you're creating that, 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 uh, that condenses down some of the, some of the key messages um, uh, that, are, that are out there for, uh, for MSPs to, uh, to consider. Um, but uh, you know, not, nothing beats being in a room and being able to go and, and see you know, two or three different um, uh, business continuity vendors um, and, uh, and, and doing a, a comparison there and then of, uh, of what they can offer and, and where the opportunities are for you and, and for your clients. So, um, uh, so that, that in itself you know, is, is the payback, let alone the, the tip bit um, that you that you might pick up from uh, from another MSP, um, but also the sense of you're not in it alone. Um, it, it it can it can become you know a, an onerous thing running a running a business. It's very lonely at the top, as they as they say. Um, even if you're fortunate enough to to be in a uh, in a management team that has uh, has a number of um, a number of members. Um, uh, 
um, it's, uh, it's still always good to get outside pers- perspective and uh, and just know that um, you know you're not uh, you're not doing all of this um, on your own. Mm, great advice, and certainly I, I you know I've uh, gone on record more than once for saying how good the community has been to me, how much I've got from it, and you know one of the reasons I do the podcast now is to to try to give back. But let's um, let's get back to uh, uh, recruitment then. So you've shared a little bit of your story, your MSP journey, um, and now you're running a recruitment business that specialises for the MSP industry. <laughs> Before we talk about recruitment in depth, I'm intrigued. What was your primary motivation towards starting a recruitment business? So, um, I, I guess since, since I'm no longer actively running an MSP business, um, I, I, I do actually really enjoy uh, uh, the space and um, uh, wanted to find a way to continue to work with uh, with MSPs um, and add value, um, ultimately solving problems that, that others aren't. Um, and uh, I guess if you talk to most MSPs, um, their, their top uh, two uh, considerations that are holding back the growth of their business are more customers and more staff. Um, uh, of course, there are, there are lots of tools that help with uh, automation that reduces the number of staff needed or the effectiveness from, from the staff that you have. But fundamentally, um, uh, what MSP sell is, um, uh, is the relationship between them and the customer um, and, uh, and it's people that, that provide that. So, so I know when I was, uh, uh, when I was, uh, looking to grow, um, I'd always either have not not enough staff or not enough customers, um, and, uh, and and I guess the trick was to uh, to narrow the gap between between those two uh, those two challenges. So um, so yeah, adding adding value, um, solving a problem that that others weren't. Um, I did some research, uh, couldn't find anyone that specifically specialised in recruiting for. Uh, for the MSP space, um, plenty of IT recruiters, um, uh, but recruiting for a contractor to go and sit at a help desk um, uh, at a bank in in the city um, is a very very different skill set to um, a multi client, multi SME client, um, or multi type of client. Um, uh, environment that the MSPs deal with, um, putting the phone down to a 20 user network um, problem with email and picking up the phone to a 100 user network um, remote connectivity problem and being able to jump from environment to environment, um, uh, not only at the technical but at the commercial level as well. So, um, so yeah, particular type of, uh, of person thrives working in an MSP environment um, and enjoys the diversity um, for others uh, they, they wouldn't enjoy it and they wouldn't and they wouldn't flourish um, so um, uh, you know matching matching the person with the environment um, is uh, is absolutely key and uh, and yeah felt that felt that there was um, there was a there was a gap there that needed to be uh, need to be filled Mm, and there's definitely a gap in the market. I, you know, my own background is one, I started out my career working in corporate IT, um, you know, working for organizations like Serco and Ernst & Young. And working on the help desk there is a completely different thing, isn't it, from from working on an MSP help desk. In fact, I've seen corporate IT people who have gone into the MSP world 
and not lasted very long because their minds have just been absolutely blown by the number of things that an MSP help desk engineer has to juggle around. So there's definitely a gap in the market there. But before we go on, we've got to address the elephant in the room here, Daniel, and that's to do with the recruitment industry as a whole. Uh, it's fair to say it's got a pretty poor image. You know, shady practices, slimy recruitment agents. Uh, it, you know, it's not a well thought of industry at all. Why did you choose to focus to start an MSP focused recruitment agency in what I can only describe as very shark infested waters? Uh, yeah, one of uh, one of my first thoughts, really. Um, uh, uh, I guess it was either this or a state agency um, would have been the other, the other, the other way to go. Um, uh, I, I guess um, uh, some some of that answer is in what I've already said about sure. um, uh, uh, the, the specialisation, um, getting down to the to the real niche of of what what an MSP requires from from uh, from the, from their people. Um, Another thing that puts uh, puts MSPs off working with recruiters is the commercial implications um, of the fee structure um, and the risk balance. So, um, uh, paying a uh, a percentage of the salary as a as a lump fee um, that's due normally within the first uh, month or two months of uh, of employment um, and. I guess not knowing if that in, in, if that new person is gonna um, is gonna is gonna last the uh, last the distance, um, uh, it's a big risk. Um, and uh, um, the other uh, the other issue is that that fee structure is um, is totally opposite to most MSPs' cash flow profiles. Um, so we've all moved from. Uh, Big chunks of uh, of money in 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 uh, in in a project sense um, to uh, smaller amounts of money um, spread month to month. So um, uh, so effectively, uh, the uh, the commercial model uh, I've employed is uh, is one that that matches the MSP's um, cash flow requirements and risk profile. Um, so uh, uh, to briefly explain, it's a percentage of monthly salary for up to the first 24 months of employment. Um, so um, uh, sharing the risk that the employee will will last the distance, but also uh, sharing the, uh, uh, the commercial uh, implication of, uh, of of taking on the extra overhead of the of the of the extra salary, the extra beak in the nest that needs to be fed every uh, every month um, is bad enough without a you know four or five grand uh, fee um, uh, that's uh, that's due eight weeks after they start. So, and that's fairly unique, isn't it? Within not just the, you know the MSP industry, but within the wider recruitment industry as well. So, it, it, have you found that's a massive differentiator for you? Yeah, very much so, um, and uh, um, I believe that uh, that there are uh, some niche areas of recruitment that do do employ the same uh, or, or a similar model, um, and uh, and those, um, uh, and I and I guess um, uh, one of the ways I've looked at um, delivering this service is with um, with a partner recruitment agency. So effectively. Um, uh, providing uh, uh, their recruitment consultants the guidance on the type of person, what the MSP is looking for, and almost consulting with them to impart the knowledge and experience that I have, um, uh, but using 
their expertise in the actual recruitment process, um, which we'll go on to talk about in a moment. Um, uh, but the key barrier to working with um, uh, partner recruitment consultants is uh, um, they already get business where there's an upfront fee. So why would they take the risk? Um, and uh, um, of course, my view is that uh, I'm actually growing the market because um, uh, the the MSPs that I will work with um, probably at the moment don't use recruiters for all of the reasons we've we've already mentioned, um, and uh, therefore um, uh, they lose the the advantage of being able to recruit people faster and with less impact to their own uh, their own time um, and uh, uh, an efficiency of uh, of the recruitment process. So. Um, to to cover that off in a more succinct uh, fashion the reason msps don't don't use recruiters is the fee is um, the uh, issue with specialization and knowledge of the candidates that uh, that an msp requires um, and uh, and and those two combined mean that the the msp will um, uh, will go and try and uh, recruit themselves, um, uh, and, uh, uh, and and unfortunately, um, self-recruiting uh, can take a lot longer um, and potentially cost more money. Um, subject to uh, uh, subject to the the the, the success um, and the lost or gained opportunity of having that extra person in the business sooner. Uh, so yeah, so that that's the that, that I guess is the reason why. Uh, MSPs don't tend to use agencies. Yeah, let, let's dig a little bit deeper and specifically on something that you, you picked up on there. Um, why would an MSP work with a recruitment agent rather than advertise and hire directly? Is it purely about um, the time it takes? Um, I guess another, if I can roll another question into there, how do you, Daniel, attract good quality candidates to fulfill your clients' Uh, MSP roles because <laughs> the number one thing I hear from MSP saying is we we just don't get candidates of of you know a decent quality come through. I know there's a number of questionnaires, but I guess I'd summarise that by saying you know why would an MSP work with a recruitment agent instead of um, trying to hire directly? Uh, so t- time and cost uh, really. Um, uh, it, it it takes time to um, to self. Uh, identify and, and reach the candidates. Um, so um, uh, that can be, you know, via a number of methods. Um, uh, you can subscribe to job boards and access their uh, CV uh, libraries. Um, you can uh, look at competitors' websites. Um, uh, you can uh, obviously use LinkedIn. Um, uh, but once you've identified who you want to talk to, you've then got to reach them. Um, and uh, and that that can that can obviously take time you know numerous messages phone calls etc um and uh, and it's uh, and it's that that work that uh i actually have a newfound appreciation for uh, recruiters um <laughs> that i've worked with before um for the uh, for the the volume of activity that goes into um presenting a CV for a potential candidate that's been, you know, properly vetted, um, and that that candidate has been introduced to the opportunity of working for that MSP as well. Um, so, the thing that you can forget 
quite easily here, um, being caught up in your own requirement of having you know, an extra member of the team is the uh, uh, the candidates are interviewing you as much as you're interviewing the candidates. So, um, and that and that process begins with first contact from the recruiter. Um, I have this role, and this is the opportunity, and this is the location, the salary range, the type of work you'll be doing. Um, uh, you know, they're all questions that candidates will will want to know and be uh, and be engaged with um, to uh, to to help the chance of of getting to uh, uh, to an eventual placement. Mm. And at the risk of talking yourself out of a job here, which I'm definitely not trying to do, but with your MSP hat on as well, um, how do MSPs, um, what can they be doing better to attract good candidates themselves directly? Uh, yeah, um, I think um, uh, it... it if the MSP is doing a better job generally, then that actually helps the recruiter as well. Um, so, um, uh, and and by talking about the MSP doing a good job, um, really become, begins with that MSP's um, uh, core values, um, how they... Um, how they want to uh, uh, attract and develop the people within their business um, to the ultimate benefit of delivering a better service to their customers and using all of that within their own marketing uh, messages and how they present their business. So um, uh, um, website for the for the MSP, um, do they talk about culture? Do they talk about core values and how that extends through into what they deliver? Um, if they do, then they've probably um, evolved their thinking about who they want to hire and and, and how they want to develop their uh, their people. Um, uh, what do they do in terms of supporting personal development um, around support for training, for example? Um, and uh, um, and um, and how do they support uh, the, uh, the the people deal with the pressures of the role? Um, is there flexible working? Um, is there time off in lieu? Um, uh, do they get paid overtime when they're involved in projects? Um, uh, you know, all, all of all of those sorts of things. So, um, generally, happy people equals um, good service level equals happy customers uh, equals growing MSP. Um, so, um, so yeah, whatever the MSP can do to uh, to present um, a true representation of what it's going to be like. Um, being part of their business, um, that that helps the recruiter from that very first conversation uh, when they disclose who who their client is and uh, and what the opportunity is for the for the candidate. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And the insight that you've given there, I think um, it's about marketing really, isn't it? I mean, if, you, if you're good at marketing your business, you attract good clients. But what many MSPs overlook is if you're good at marketing your business and delivering good service, you will attract good people to, to want to work with you as well. So that's fantastic advice. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about something specifically. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about MSPs attracting the right type of people. What MSPs and maybe the, well, it's definitely the, the IT industry, the wider IT industry is really failing at at the moment is attracting women to work in technology. Now, I recently interviewed Melissa Saar. She's a former MSP um, herself. She now works at IT Glue, an MSP vendor. I asked Melissa what it was like to be a woman working within the man's world of MSP. Uh, Melissa's a great success, but she's the exception 
to the rules. So you're uniquely positioned, Daniel, to see both the employer and the employee side of the story. What can we as an industry do to encourage more women into the tech sector? Uh, good, good question. Um, and and I, would, I would extend the, the topic to be diversity um, in the in the wider sense um, uh, I think it's po positive messaging um, from uh, uh, from apprenticeship level upwards um, and uh, um, as an industry um, I referred earlier to uh, to CompTIA the, the the best kept secret in the uh, mm. in the market and uh, and CompTIA are um, a champion championing initiatives around uh, uh, around certainly diversity overall and uh, and in fact they have an initiative advancing women in technology um, so uh, so they're reaching out and 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 delivering those messages um, and and going back to 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 marketing messages overall um just more messaging positively delivered and consistently delivered um i guess it starts with um uh with uh, um youngsters at school um thinking about what they want to do in terms of a career um stem subjects and uh you know how how those feed into um uh, wanting to work with computers in IT um, overall, um, so uh, uh, so yeah. As a, as a, as an industry, we're all responsible for uh, for attracting um, new people into the into the market, and uh, um, yeah, all of our messaging has to be positive and uh, and open to uh, to attract the best talent, whatever uh, whatever their background. Mm, yeah, wise words there. So you've been doing this for a little while now. I'm going to put you on the spot, if I may. <laughs> What's the biggest frustration you experience uh, as an MSP recruitment agency when working with MSP employers? Uh, it's a good question. Um, uh, I think some of the the key challenges I've found, um, urgency, decisiveness, and salary expectations. Mm. Um, so... Uh, I've had a lot of near misses. Um, uh, I've had more near misses uh, than than I've had placements so far. Um, and to be fair, some of those near misses in the early days were down to me um, uh, understanding my role in the process, um, uh, not as a decision maker, um, which is of course what I had been before. Um, and uh, um, and some are down to candidates um uh expectations not being met um but i've had a number of incidents incidences where um uh, the clients got to a point with a candidate they want to make an offer but they don't um and then the candidate um has other opportunities and they then uh, take that opportunity uh, and the same extends to um uh, to the the momentum involved from day one of presentation of a CV, um, if it takes us a week to be able to go back to the candidate and give them some initial feedback, um, uh, and then another week to arrange a phone call, and then two weeks to arrange a face-to-face -face interview, mm -hmm. um, that's a whole world of time that's uh, that's transpired, and um, uh, and I guess. Um, uh, the same urgency should be applied as if you were courting a, a new customer, um, and uh, um, and you wouldn't you wouldn't want to let too much time 
uh, pass in that process because other MSPs would be there snapping at your heels and uh, um, and, and talking to your to your prospects um, uh, in the intervening time. So um, so yeah, urgency, um, decisiveness, um, and salary expectation is uh, is probably the thing that um, that restricts down the pool of available resources uh, or candidates within the process. Um, so. Um, the natural tendency for an MSP is to want to pay the lowest possible salary um, because that means more margin. Um, however, uh, lower salary also means uh, less satisfied employee, higher risk of leaving, um, uh, but it also means that um, uh, when you're recruiting, um, if uh, if and we've probably all as MSP owners had this situation where a valued member of the team um, uh, that's maybe been with us for a, for a fair amount of time, their salary has increased, but is not necessarily kept pace with market conditions. Um, uh, they get courted, uh, they get offered another role, they come and hand in their notice um, and uh, and the MSP owner at that point counters um, uh, and knowing that it will cost them X amount of time, disruption, cash to replace them, um, it makes more sense just to pay them a little bit extra money. Um, the problem is that then takes someone potentially undervalued to being overvalued and then when they then move on, which they will at some point, um, uh, their expectation is then that much higher. So. Um, uh, it's a dangerous cycle um, to counter offer um, uh, because um, for an industry effect, it's it's elevating the, the salaries. So, um, uh, so having a having a strategy, I think um, that you know suits your MSP business, but also um, does the right thing in the industry um, is probably again one of those balanced topics that uh, just consideration needs to be needs to be given um, uh, to begin with in terms of setting a right the right window that you know is affordable um, and uh, and that you know will open up that talent that has been overpaid potentially as another MSP but. Um, you value their experience nonetheless, and uh, and therefore um, you've worked out that you can can afford to pay that salary. Maybe uh, you know maybe five, ten, twenty percent more than your instinct tells you that that you should be able to pay for that for that person. So I, I, we're coming to the end of our time, but I can't resist asking at this point um, if you could wave a magic wand and based on the work that you've done in both the recruitment industry and the MSP industry, how would you want people to feel about recruitment agents going forward? And I say magic wand because we know this is going to be, uh, this is, uh, if I was to call it an uphill struggle, I'd be being generous, wouldn't I? I, yeah, I, I, th I think so. Um, yeah, I think uh, uh, pro probably recognising the value and respecting what uh, what recruiters do. Um, uh, j just as a, just as an MSP will um, uh, want to be able to demonstrate to their client um, the value in engaging with them and 
following an appropriate process at an appropriate pace um, uh, to uh, uh, to and and then to manage their manage their clients. Um, the same with any professional service that uh, effectively you are out, outsourcing the search and selection of um, of uh, of talent into your business. Um, so uh, so it's recognising that there's a value there. Um, working with the recruiter, providing feedback so they can refine. Um, uh, what it is they're uh, they're pro- proposing in terms of candidates, um, and uh, and yeah, just just open this for for throughout. Um, uh, so um, so yeah, they, they you know the, the same principles you'd you'd employ in any in any area of your of your business and uh, and relationships with uh, with partners. Mm. Now, can't let you go. Uh, also, without uh, acknowledging the fact that um, you know you've got a ton of experience with the MSP industry, whilst you're focusing on the recruitment side of things at the moment, you do offer your experience in the commercial side of business to other MSPs. So, the things that spring to mind. I know you've done some work on mergers and acquisitions, specifically. What have you worked on exciting lately? Uh, to, to be on, to be honest, uh, I'm excited by. The level of opportunity out there overall. Um, uh, um, the MSP space is uh, is continually maturing, um, and there's a uh, an acceleration, in my view, uh, that will happen to consolidation within the marketplace. Um, uh, not not least for the um, uh, for the, the the natural cycle of, of evolution. Um, uh, there's people out there in their forties that started a business. 20 years ago um, that today we call an MSP and uh, today you know they they want to uh, they want to be thinking about uh, stepping back retiring um, so uh, I think there's a there's an awful lot of businesses at that at that level um, uh, that will be uh, will be looking to uh, uh, looking to to consolidate um, but uh, the marketplace as a whole is um, uh, is so well served now um, with tools and technologies. Um, uh, you know, uh, RMM and PSA um, were, were phrases we just didn't have. Um, you know, I- I even a few years ago, and uh, and so the the. F- the facilities to to start a, uh, an MSP business are, are there, and it's probably the best the best time we've ever had to start an MSP. Um, so I think there's lots of new shoots there as well, um, and uh, and and um, you know the market itself, the marketplace itself does lend itself to some of the disparate nature because ultimately uh, a lot of what we do is relationship driven um, and uh, um, and individual business owners, teams, companies can only foster so many relationships um, uh, and um, and therefore you, you, you'll end up with 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 pockets of, of customers and, and and MSPs I think um, but uh, but yeah there's so much opportunity in the in the marketplace um, obviously I can't tell you about any specific uh, deals I've been I've been working on but there's a lot of activity um, and uh, um, this could uh, perhaps even be the uh, the topic for a uh, for another top talk. Um, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, uh, around um, you know some of the some of the considerations for uh, uh, for selling a business. As you know, it, it, in a lot of ways, that's why a lot of MSPs do start in business. Ultimately, they're they're working towards an exit. Um, but uh, but don't think about the exit until they're uh, they're looking to walk out the door, um, which is of course the the wrong time to do it. Um, 
just as recruitment should be should be planned as far in advance as possible um, to uh, uh, to improve your chances of getting the right opportunities at the right time. So. Mm, yeah, and I definitely think there's another conversation. You and I have both, uh, you know, built MSPs, sold MSPs, uh, now helping other people to uh, pretty much do the same thing. So I definitely think there's another conversation in there, mm-hmm. but we'll save that for another day. For now, if anybody wants to find you online, reach out to you to continue the conversation or to talk about recruitment specifically for their MSP, how would they get in touch with you, Daniel? Uh, so uh, you'll, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Um, uh, you'll also uh, find my website at uh, wellinmsp.com. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, you'll find me very approachable. I'm happy to happy to share my experiences. And uh, I've got an opinion on most things, um, which I'm always happy to, uh, to, uh, to share as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, look forward to, um, to hopefully carrying on the conversation with, uh, with some, of, uh, some of the listeners from, from today and uh, yeah ultimately helping uh, helping their their msp businesses grow and uh, doing the right thing with uh, you know supporting the industry as a, as a whole uh, yeah absolutely and i don't think there's going to be a single listener to this uh, podcast as an msp who hasn't got some sort of recruitment challenge so i would encourage you reach out to daniel get in touch see if you can get an alternative perspective because i think there's the one thing that's clear from uh, from this interview daniel isn't like recruitment agents that you've worked with in the past he is former msp knows what he's talking about and has got the msp industry's best interests at heart so Daniel, I wish you all the best with this. Thanks for coming on and sharing what, what for me, has been absolutely fascinating insight into the recruitment world um, and your own experience in the MSP industry. Wish you all the best with it. And um, that's all for now. Thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward to speaking to you next time. Thanks for listening to Tub Talk, the podcast for IT business owners. You can find the show notes and bonus content for this interview, along with dozens of other interviews with IT business leaders over at www.tubblog.co.uk. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd really appreciate you rating and reviewing the show over at iTunes. It helps the show reach new listeners. Tune in for our next episode when Richard speaks to his latest guest for more valuable insights into the world of business and IT. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak with you next episode. Have a great day. If your clients use Office 365 or Exchange, then I have no doubt you come across those with ridiculously large mailboxes. The users who accidentally delete messages and then have no way of getting them back. And also some who you just know are going to click a message that's going to bring ransomware their way. MailStore is the email archiving software that enables businesses to keep a perfect, tamper-proof, encrypted and de-duplicated copy of all their messages that's instantly available via Outlook or via a responsive web interface. Available as a free 30-day trial and as both a server edition and a service provider edition that you can host centrally on your own hardware to service all of your clients. MailStore and UK Disty Zen Software have a limited introductory offer for TubTalk listeners that's not to be missed. Head on over to mailstore.co.uk forward slash TubTalk for details. Thank you.